Welcome to the Work Camper Show, a podcast devoted to helping you discover how to finance your RV travel dreams. I'm Steve Anderson, the president of Work Camper News. Each one of our episodes will either introduce you to people who are already living the RV lifestyle or to opportunities to work short-term jobs. You'll also learn how to hit the road the right way and make the most of every opportunity. Now let's turn over today's show to your host, Greg Gerber. Thank you, Steve. Today I have a special episode of the Work Camper Show because it contains an important message for all our beers, whether they are part-time or full-time. Are you sure you have enough insurance to cover your RV and personal belongings in the event of a catastrophic fire? I'll be talking to a couple who thought they were covered until a fire destroyed their RV in less than 15 minutes. Today's episode is sponsored by Work Camper News. With its diamond and platinum membership tools, Work Camper News is much more than just a job listing website. When you put the tools of this professional service into action, you'll find out just how easy it can be to turn your work camping dreams into reality. The one-year memberships open the door to a one-stop shop for all things work camping. Being the original resource for work camping, you'll find the largest number of job listings, be able to connect with a community of work campers, and view resources compiled by experts who've been enjoying the RV lifestyle for many years. If you're serious about leading a successful and enjoyable work camping lifestyle, then a Diamond and Platinum membership is for you. You can even get started with a free 30-day trial by visiting www.workcamper.com forward slash trial. Embark on new adventures today with the support of Work Camper News behind you. On Friday, November 18th, 2022, Chris and Michelle Small stopped at a rest area outside of Cactus City, California, while en route to visit her family in New Mexico. As Michelle was putting a leash on their dog, Chris went outside to check the engine fluids. That's when he discovered the engine compartment of their 20-year-old diesel motorhome was on fire. He raced back to warn Michelle, who grabbed the dog and her purse. Because the RV was a diesel pusher, that meant the engine was in the back, just below their bedroom. It also meant the engine was right above the tow hitch, which made it impossible for Chris to disconnect their tow vehicle before it burst into flames too. As the couple watched helplessly from a distance, the RV and tow vehicle erupted and burned to a shell in 15 minutes before the local fire department could arrive. They were grateful to escape with their lives, their dog, and whatever money Michelle had in her purse and Chris had in his wallet. Chris and Michelle were stranded in the middle of nowhere without a car, extra clothes, food, or any of their belongings, but their nightmare would get even worse. Although USAA wrote the couple a check to cover their totaled car within days of the fire, it took nearly 13 weeks for State Farm to settle a claim on their motorhome. To tell us more about their horrific experience, please welcome work campers Chris and Michelle Small to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Chris and Michelle. I really appreciate the time. You folks have experienced a problem that a lot of people fear, and that is having an RV catch on fire. Tell us about it. It was a very frightening Friday. It was November 18th of 22, so it just had been just over three months ago, and we were heading through California. We were heading to New Mexico, actually, and in kind of the middle of nowhere in the desert of Cactus, city, we pulled over to a rest stop to have a morning walkabout, so to speak, and Chris went outside to check fluid, and the next thing I know is I'm getting the leash on our dog, 
is he's racing back to the door screaming, fire, fire, we're on fire. Oh my. So it was a case of completely unknown that we were having it accused until we pulled over and then within seconds our life changed. Did the fire start um, in the RV did, or the tow vehicle? It did start in the RV somewhere. We were driving a diesel pusher, about a 20-year-old diesel pusher, and it was in the engine compartment of the pusher itself. Okay. Very. Are you familiar with diesel pushers, Greg? I'm sure you are. Yeah, so the engine is actually in the back, and so the fire started in the back of the motorhome, which meant from an interior perspective, it was started in our bedroom. Okay. And then worked its way forward. And you were out of the RV when you noticed this. Is that what you said? Yeah. As we were climbing the hill out of you know, California, my low water light came on intermittently, which is been unusual if you're pulling a hill. Once in a while, the water runs away from the sensor. We pulled over to have our morning break, and I'll go check the water. It was truly no sooner did I go back to the engine compartment to look, and orange flame shot out from the engine compartment and just started to take over the motorhome. How long do you think it took for the motorhome to be fully engulfed? I tried to put it out multiple different ways. And to be honest, I would advise both worry more about getting your stuff out than putting out the motorhome because it was a fruitless effort. It, by the time all was said and done, it was about 35 minutes from the time we knew there was a problem till the fire department was done and weren't putting any more water on it. Wow. So the fire department was able to get there and try and save it within 35 minutes, even in a remote area. They were there in about 15, but there was nothing that was going to be saved by the time they showed up. They were just trying to prevent it from being, I don't know, completely gone. Or potentially to be worse than and yeah. affect anyone else. Yeah. So it really seemed, I guess, it was about 15 minutes. So to go back, yes, we got out. So Chris had been outside and yelled that we were on fire. I got myself and our dog out. I saved my purse, the dog's leash, and of all things else, a road atlas. <laughs> Chris thankfully had his wallet on him. And that's honestly really all we ended up with. Like he said, I to put out the fire two times. And by the time he realized that that was not going to be of any consequence, I was on the phone with 911 trying to get them to understand where we even were in the world. And so that was a bit of long conversation, longer than I hoped, but at least they finally figured it out and were able to start sending firemen. Yeah, strangely enough, it was the smoke inside the motorhome, of course, was horrid within five to seven minutes. Mm -hmm. So even at that point, going inside it and getting things out was truly too late for that. Just so happened, the reason help came as fast as it did was only because there was a fire marshal who happened to be driving by and saw it. And he went around, turned around on the freeway, came back, and by then, he had already called and had people on the way. Well, but that, it still felt like forever. 
it truly felt like forever for them to get there. How many? It dogs? was a very surreal situation. You're standing in the parking lot of the rest stop, and there's nothing you can do, and you're just watching. For our, in our case, we were full time RVers, so we're watching the home of our home just burn to the ground, and our tow dolly, and our car, and all of our belongings. That would have, must have been a horrible sinking feeling, I could imagine. Yeah, I don't think we really, you didn't really feel it until later. Because in the midst of it, you're just trying to, okay, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? And then afterwards, like, oh, all we have is what's on our back. It's fortunate that you were in a rest area when the fire started rather than having it start while you were driving down the highway. That might have had an Correct. entirely different output. Correct. Yeah. Or that it when we were sleeping the night before. Even worse, the, those fires, once right. they start, can go whip through a motorhome or a travel trailer or a fifth wheel very quickly. That's why a lot of people yep. need to have a plan of escape in mind and maybe even practice it, especially if they have children, because yes. the well, moves so quickly. Yeah, and I think that's really true. And I'm, one of the things that certainly frustrated me after the fact was that we had plan we had we had backpacks that were considered go bags that if something happened we knew oh we needed that but they were in the back by where the fire was so by the time we thought to go get them we couldn't get them because it was just had already engulfed everything that is an excellent point because a lot of people do keep their go bags like under the bed or in a closet when it should probably be in an outside compartment for that very reason. Correct. Correct. Had it been in the outside compartment up by the front door, it would have been just fine. We would have had them. We would have had clothes and pretty much what we needed to at least be okay for a few days. And yeah, that would be my recommendation, either up front by the door or in a storage compartment up or away from the engine. Because that's where most, I think most of these incidents start is something related to engines. Correct. How many, you said you had two dogs? Just one. One. And she, she was able to get out and he was unhurt. We were unhurt also. So that's great. Chris suffered a little bit more than I did because once he realized he wasn't going to get the fire put out, he tried to save our car and get it off the tow dolly. And so he was a little close to the flame. Thankfully, he didn't get burned. He decided to abandon that idea when he could tell how close he was to the heat and the flames, and it was just too much. Thankfully, the two of us and the dog got out basically unscathed and were fine. Where are you from originally? That's an interesting question. I'm a native Oregonian. And I'm a native Nebraskan. For 26 years or so, we lived and worked in Oregon, around the Portland, Oregon area, where we ran our business. Okay. And then in 2014, we decided that it was time for a, a new chapter and new adventures. And so we, at that point, we left Oregon in an RV, actually, and have done several things since then. But that's where we're from originally. Okay. You said the RV was 20 years old. So it was been around for a while, seen a lot of wear and terror. But this thing just started. Do they have any idea what caused it? No. The fireman report simply said mechanical failure in the engine compartment. The tow truck driver 
his wisdom was that oftentimes they either a diesel fuel line that cracks and starts putting fuel on the engine or sometimes a transmission line, but truly nobody knows. And to be honest, I want people to understand this is a well-maintained 20-year-old National Tradewinds RV. It only had 60,000 miles on it. And before we left on this particular trip, we had a full oil change and fluid change done on it. So we had no reason to believe that there were any issues at all, because it really was low mile, maintained, good running vehicle. Wow. And then that's bad enough, right? Being away from home in the only RV, the only home you have now is your RV. And then being helpless as you're watching it burn up before the firefighters even arrive on the scene. Basically, it was beyond anything being saved. But then the real headache started after that. Talk about. You're right. Thankfully, we were given a ride back to Indio. We were able to get a rental car the next day. And you have to realize it was the weekend before Thanksgiving. So that was tricky, but we got it done. And then, thankfully, my dad, who lives in southern New Mexico, said, come to me, come stay with me, we'll, we'll get this dealt with. And so we got, a couple of days later, we got to New Mexico, and then you're right, the real headache began with fighting the insurance. We had one insurance company covered our automobile, and a different insurance company covering our motor home. And with both of those, We've believed from what we had been told that we had full coverage, complete, comprehensive, nifty, wonderful insurance. And that unfortunately wasn't really the case. Because they didn't cover a lot of things. Is that what you're saying? When you think comprehensive coverage for the average person, you really think it covers everything, it covers whatever you own plus whatever's in it. And and I have to tell you, I worked for an insurance company for five years and they're claiming to they've been. So I could, I guess, in some ways have been more knowledgeable, but the comprehensive insurance only covers what is the vehicle itself. So for instance, none of the contents of either vehicle were covered at all nor was the tow dolly covered in any way, shape, or form. So all of the content of both vehicles, somewhere in the neighborhood of probably $50,000 of content, the tow dolly, none of that was covered at all. Was that an add-on to the insurance that needed to be? Correct. The What we found out after the fact was we had been offered renter's insurance when we sold our home and bought the motorhome, our insurance agent helper offered us rental insurance, rental coverage. And we're like, okay, but we're not renting out where you're going to live. We're living in the motorhome. And she basically just said, oh, then I guess there's nothing we can do. And so it was left at that. But the truth of the matter is you can get insurance that covers the content you just have to be diligent and ask for it. It's not something that's going to be covered in what they considered comprehensive because that was the case 
for our vehicle as well as our motorhome. So that meant that all of our clothes, our jewelry, our shoes, our toiletries, kitchen supplies, food, none of that was covered. Anything that wasn't the vehicle itself and part of the vehicle from the factory was not covered. So even though we had replaced the sofa with a futon and we had replaced the TV, that weren't covered either of that. Really? Because you had modified the original equipment that was in the RV? I think for the insurance company that we were using, um, they felt like because we didn't have the receipt, which burned in the RV, to prove that these had been added in the last to nine months, they weren't willing to cover them unless we could prove with receipts that we had purchased them and put them in. So something that we really realized after the fact was how important it is to have a comprehensive list of what's in your motorhome always and have it stored somewhere else. And also to have video on your phone of everything in your motorhome. Because then if for some reason we had actually had coverage, we could have just watched the video and lifted it off. That's a very good point. Not only to take the the video on your cell phone, but also to upload it to a cloud somewhere. So in case the cell phone is lost in the fire, you have the proof of ownership. Exactly. Would you say that this insurance company was well familiar with the RV lifestyle or was it just like a typical insurance company that might provide insurance for cars and houses? No, it's a national company. It's State Farm. And so I believe that they certainly as a company should have plenty of experience and knowledge about RVs. You know, it it was a, a small independent or mom and pop type of insurance company. We felt very confident in using them. They had been who we had used in our business in Oregon for many years. And it too, we had when we lived and owned a home in Nebraska for almost five years, it too, we had used. So we were very confident with them as a company and happy with their and everything up until this point. So I, Greg, I mentioned that the fire happened on Friday, November 18th, and it took 12 and one half weeks to settle the claim with State Farm. Wow. What did you do before or yeah. during that time? So pretty much what we learned about this particular company was it seems that the only time they worked on your claim was when you called to find out what was going on. So even though they knew on the Friday after Thanksgiving that it was a total loss based off of the pictures we sent, then we just, we said, okay, they said it's a total loss. We would wait and wait. And I think the next call we received was like September 28th. And that was because I called them and then they realized we'd fallen through the cracks. And then the next call was January 10th. And then, and even though we were trying to not be the squeaky wheel, what I would tell people is you darn well better be the squeaky wheel because if you're not, they're just going to forget about you. They don't work on your claim unless you are there. 
And it wasn't unusual for me to spend two and a half hours on the phone trying to get an update where they would do work, put me on hold and do some of the work and then give me the update. Wow. That's just shocking for a company of that size with the reputation that they do. So that's very unfortunate. And disappointing for us. It was a 20-year-old RV, so the value of the vehicle wasn't like buying a brand new one. So when the the motorhome burned, did it cover the replacement cost or just the actual value of the motorhome? So we... Technically, we had replacement cost insurance from State Farm. That's how they bill it. But I will tell you that what we settled for, I don't think I could replace it. And to be honest, I was tired of fighting. So I didn't go looking to argue it with them because I was just so worn down and tired from dealing with them. That's still unfortunate. And so it took you 12 and a half weeks to settle, which means that for more than three months, you didn't have any income to cover the cost to live or to even think of where to stay outside of your parents' house. Correct. That's correct. And you understand even in more depth, we were doing work using our motorhome as handyman. So we, our company name was Handyman and Wife, and we would travel to places that we wanted to go and set up shop to do work as Handyman. And I had all, meaning truly all of my tools, our tools that we used to do Handyman work were in the van. So it was somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to $10,000 of tools that were not covered because you can't claim against yourself. So even though the motorhome caused the fire that burned the van and took all of the tool, the motorhome insurance would not cover any of it. Is that because you were using tools for a business and they considered that a business no. expense? No. No. Just simply because you can't claim against yourself. If you had owned the van with the tools in it, they would have covered it. But because I owned the van and I owned the motorhome, it wouldn't cover it. So again to be aware. That is something that you always think that you're protected by the insurance that you have. And they're more than happy to accept your premiums month after month. And you think things are great until a catastrophic incident like this happens. And then you find out exactly what the problem is. I know that when I was full-time RVing, I had to have special insurance because I did podcasting inside my RV. And that meant that Mm -hmm. people came in to be interviewed. And so I had to have a rather expensive business policy to cover that in case somebody got hurt. But if I didn't have it and there was an accident, then they would just say, you weren't covered at all. You didn't have this kind of coverage to it. Knowing what your coverage consists of and in the worst case scenario, that's a very important reminder for people to check their policy and their coverage limits and make sure that their belongings are covered in the policy as well. Yes. Greg, it's interesting to me when you, if you are an RVer, and even if you're quite avid and maybe you go for stretches of time, but you own a home elsewhere, an actual brick and mortar home, 
things are going to be a little bit different because you probably have quite a bit of your stuff with you, but you don't have all of it. You're coming home to your clothes, your shoes, your food, your dishes, right? You're, you have a home. But for those of us who chose, who choose or chose the full-time RV lifestyle and have downside to basically just an RV, it's a different situation and a different story because at least for us, when we sold our home and downsized from almost 3,000 square feet to just about 300, we pared down to just our favorite everything, whether it was Afghans that Chris's grandma's made or our favorite shoes, our favorite dishes, our favorite kitchen utensil. Then you're right. We watched all of that go up in flame and smoke in about 15 to 20 minutes. And I think it's a different realization and different reality because you're, as you said before, there wasn't a home that we went, we're super thankful that my dad welcomed us with open arms and said, come and stay for as long as you need to. And we're, we know that we're blessed to have that as part of our reality. I'm sure not everyone would, but it is important like he said, make sure you have the right insurance. When we started to recover a little bit and we looked at insurance again, and we had to get a, obviously a replacement vehicle too, I checked with that company and I said, I don't rent a home and I don't own a home because of the fire, et cetera. And I said, but can our belongings be covered? And it made me really sad. It was a very bittersweet moment because for somewhere between $25 and $40 a month, we could have had twenty dollars to $50,000 of insurance for belonging through that company that we didn't know about. And we wouldn't have been facing the same kind of trauma. Right. That is a very common problem that a lot of people, especially young folks, do is they will increase their deductibles and their coverage and lower their coverage limits and all of that to save money on the premium, but they don't realize that how much just a few extra dollars per month would have made if an accident had happened. So that is something that people really need to pay a special attention to as well. Yeah, absolutely it is. And again, like she said, if you own a home, if we had owned a home or rented, we could have claimed all of the belongings on that particular policy and they would have gladly paid but because we didn't own a home or rent and have that policy we needed to have looked into what is a belonging policy and so that's our word to everybody is go find the policy that fits make sure you have pictures make sure you have documentation that's not in the motorhome and just really think through even though you don't want to what is the worst case scenario it might happen. Did the insurance company know that you folks were full-time RVers without a house? Um, we know for a fact that the agent that we dealt with knew what we were, how we were living our life. They knew that we were handyman. They knew that we were going to do it out of the motorhome. So yeah, it wasn't like we were trying to pull the wool over their eyes. They were well aware. Okay. So it's, again, it goes down to having a real, knowing the insurance company that you're with, first of all, that they are reputable covering RVers and that they understand that RVers 
if they're full-time and living in their RV, they don't have another home. So this is their home and all of their belongings and everything is in that RV. And the policy that they have, that they buy has to cover all of that. Correct. That is absolutely correct. And if there's an insurance company out there that specializes in that, good golly, I think we could all know about it. Yes, absolutely. So to help you recover, you've set up a GoFundMe account, I understand, to kind of bring in a little bit of money to help you replace your belongings and get started again. What are you doing in the meantime? So, yes, a couple of friends in Nebraska actually set up the GoFundMe fundraiser for us, and that's wonderful. In the meantime, we've honestly, it took us until probably the first week of the new year to feel like we were at all recuperating because the fire happened. We did our best to get to my father's house as quickly as we could. And then there was Thanksgiving and then there was Christmas and then there was New Year's. And not that there was a lot going on for our family, but it still was a busy time of year and hustle bustle. So it really, it, it was early January that we even, I think, began to feel like we were recuperating, calming down, coming to a sense of what's going to be next or what will be our new reality. So today it's February 28th and it was February 13th when we finally got the money in our account to even allow us to think about what next. And to be honest, before then, I refused to buy any tools or anything to restart our business because I wasn't sure where we were going to be financially. And praise God that Michelle's dad is able to have us here. So the next step for us is still uncertain. But what we're trying to do is at least get to where we have a decent amount of clothes and shoes and maybe buy some of the tools so that we can think about starting again. That's unfortunate. When the insurance settled it, did you owe money to a bank or something for the RV or the car? Or was this money that... We did not. You did not. So you owned it all out? Yeah. We were fortunate that we, when we sold our house, we made sure that we had no debt. And honestly... I would tell most people, do the best you can to do that because that has been the saving grace for us. It is the only thing we have to pay every month right now is our cell phone bill and our insurance payment for a car. Okay, you were able to get a new... Yeah, because the company that we had for car insurance settled within a week, two weeks, because it was Thanksgiving, it took them two weeks and we were able to replace right away. But again, we don't like to spend beyond our means, so we just bought car with the money they provided from the car that we oh, that was that we lost yeah do you want to say the name of the car insurance company sure it's usaa okay my dad's a veteran and so they so family members are able to be members as well i'm not sure if there's other relations but they were actually great you never want to have to call your insurance for a, a total loss or a total calamity that's not something anyone ever i don't big dreams or aspires of doing, but they were easy to work with and deal with. And like Chris said, within about two weeks, and that included Thanksgiving weekend, they had us taken care of. They had settled with us and were very empathetic. Yeah. They were just, every time we talked to somebody, it was like, we're so sorry for your loss. We're here to help. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we need from you. And that's to me how it should be. 
I'd agree. And you didn't get that feeling from the company that covered the motorhome. No, no. no. I actually had to explain on more than one occasion because you always got a different claims representative. On more than one occasion, I had to explain, we lost everything. We have nothing. We can't help you with receipts. We can't help you with anything except for to tell you what happened, how it happened. And they were really difficult, really difficult. So what are you doing now? Are you just staying at your parents' house until you do something different? What is the next step? We are staying with my dad, yes, for now. And Chris said, we've only settled two weeks ago. And so we are exploring some different options and different concepts and thinking about what's next for us. We really haven't decided what the new chapter is going to be. No. And to be honest, our faith is really important to us. And we're not afraid to try anything, including work camping again. If for some reason that's where we're led, we just truly don't have a clue right now what that looks like because it's so new to actually finally settle there. That's right. So you didn't have an, you did not have a work camping job that you were heading to when the fire took place? No, we were, we had just finished doing some handyman work in Portland, Oregon area, and we're heading to her dad's house to stop for a week. And then we were going to be on work camp for that week to line up our next job. Okay. So we were in between, you didn't have a job, so you're not letting down some employer by not showing up, but you don't, Yeah, you didn't have anything planned really for you to go to at that point. So you're just still basically in limbo. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I do think that it is important to fulfill commitment and to be, we had a phone interview actually for the Monday after the fire and with a potential work camping job. And on Friday and then again on Saturday, we emailed that employer and said, we've just had a catastrophic loss. We apologize, but you're not going to be able to do this interview and we wouldn't be able to fulfill the work camping position. And I just, I feel like that's important too for anyone in any situation. If for some reason you're not able to fulfill a job, making sure that they know in a kind and gracious way why you can't is important. And to do so in giving them plenty of time. Yeah. As we have, we've used work camper numerous times to find jobs and even numerous times for interviews that didn't work out or that did work out and then something changed. And it's just the communication aspect is hugely important for both sides and encouraging people just be honest. That's what people want. They want honest people working and they want people who are going to communicate honestly. I agree. It's just hard to know what to say at this point. It's just been (laughs) a horrible experience, I'm sure. Frightening in a number of ways, unsettling in many more. And I just, I wish you the best of luck as you take that next step, figure out what you're going to be doing and what that's going to look like. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's really important. The thoughts and prayers, as much as people, we certainly are open to 
thoughts, prayers, and communications and however people want to do that. And we'll be sure to link to your GoFundMe page as well so that if people feel drawn to provide some support to help you get back on your feet, they'll do that. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. And we'll give you our email address too, just in case. Yeah. If people wanted to touch base with you, how could they do that? I think that the best email is probably mine. And that is Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-E dot Marie dot small at gmail.com. Michelle.marie.small at gmail.com. You got it. Very good. Good luck, guys. I hope this works out to your benefit here eventually and that you can get back on the road again real soon. Thank you so much. And we appreciate you allowing us to share our story so other people don't have to go through what we did. I appreciate Chris and Michelle Small for bravely describing one of the most painful and frightening memories of their lives. They wanted to ensure that no other RVers experienced the same problem they did in losing everything to a fire in just a few minutes. The fire spread quickly and created toxic fumes and thick black smoke. So the couple dared not venture back into the RV to even try rescuing important documents, personal belongings, and cherished keepsakes. Ironically, the couple had prepared go bags with everything they'd need for a few days in the event they had to suddenly evacuate a campground. However, the backpacks were inside the RV and not in an outside compartment, which they could have easily accessed before the fire spread. So that's lesson one. Prepare go bags for emergencies, but place them in outside compartments. Lesson two is to double check with your insurance company to make sure your policy covers personal belongings. Chris and Michelle made the mistake of thinking that full comprehensive coverage would cover the RV and everything in it. However, they discovered after the fire, there was no coverage for contents of the motorhome, tow vehicle, and the tow dolly itself. Chris also lost all the tools he used in his handyman business to support their travel lifestyle. The agent who sold them the policy had offered them renter's insurance, not RV insurance, because they did not own a home. The firm also requested copies of receipts showing the couple had purchased add-on products, like a futon and television. However, all their receipts and records were destroyed in the fire and no digital copies existed. So that's lesson number three. Make sure you have digital copies of receipts and photographs of your belongings all stored in the cloud or outside your RV. The Smalls also discovered that for less than $40 per month, they could have had a policy that would have covered all $50,000 worth of belongings. Sometimes it works to your disadvantage to try saving a little money on monthly premiums by excluding coverage and increasing deductibles. But when a tragedy strikes, you'll wish you'd paid the extra money for a better plan. Chris and Michelle could have kept their story to themselves and chalked up the incident as an unfortunate learning experience. But they wanted to share their story in hopes of helping other people avoid a similar fate. So do yourself a favor and check your insurance policy today to make sure it covers everything you hope it would if fire destroyed your RV and belongings. A friend of theirs started a GoFundMe fundraiser to help the couple replace some of the items lost in the fire that were not covered by insurance. People who are interested in helping out can visit www.gofundme.com and search for Fire Claims All Couples Possessions in RV and Car. That's all for this special episode of The Work Camper Show. 
I hope it enlightened you to a potential problem and the things you can do today to reduce the impact of an accident or other disaster. We'll resume our regular podcast schedule on Tuesday when I interview a work camper who helps people radiate wellness every day. Thanks for listening.